Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. Good to be with you today. Scott Furrow, your host. The number is 888-528-2557. If you want to join our conversation, 888-528-2557 is the conversation or is the phone number. If you want to join the conversation, we're on every day from three to five Southern California Live. If you miss an hour of the program, just go to kkla.com. Look under the program guide for SoCal Live. You can find the podcast right there. It is Thursday afternoon, and I see some of your calls. Last hour, we talked about the gun issue because that was a big deal. We're going to shift gears a little bit, but I can always tell you, if you didn't get in, you know, on Fridays, one of the reasons we do Open Line Friday on Friday is so that you can call back in with your stuff. And Nelson, I got your email and appreciate that. Uh, and uh, call back in. We'll, we'll be talking about that, I think, uh, for a while as some things are happening. But there are other things going on that impact our lives quite a bit. And a big question I have is how much do we believe that the church is impactful in society? And I'm, I'm putting that in the context with right now, something that does concern me is we are looking for the government to answer a lot of our problems. We are looking for the government to, um, for the gun issue, for example, the government's going to control guns. Okay, well, however they decide to do that, what about the character of a person who is going to use that gun for violent purposes and where that develops and stuff? Who deals with that? And how do we deal in a culture that I feel like we are moving more and more towards leaning on people other than ourselves to take care of business? One of those areas is in inflation. We haven't talked about inflation for a while, but it's hitting all of us. And, you know, it's an election year and it is a, a big deal, obviously. If you're the party in power, you know, inflation is not a word you want to hear. It's not something that you really want to be there. President Biden, one time under his breath, he made some comment about, he said something like, I can't find the clip. Somebody asked him about inflation and he gave some answer. And then he says, you know, what do you think? I'm happy about this being an issue right now. And then he said a couple of words that I won't say. And I thought, that's funny to me because the politics of it is, you know, you want to become president when the economics are on the on going up and whether or not your policies have anything to do with it one way or the other. You want to be the president who is elected when things are bad and then hopefully in a couple of years things will get better and then you'll get credit for it whether you had anything to do with it or not. And in the same way is that you get blamed for it, whether you, if it goes badly, whether you had anything to do with it or not, that's kind of the way it goes. Americans vote with their wallet. It just, if you want to simplify things and how this year's election is going to go, how 2024 is going to go, it's almost always, not always, but almost always, the winning party is the party who is going to do something to make things economically better. Remember when George H.W. Bush was running for re-election? I helped with that campaign back in the day. I was in college. And one of the things he was doing was he wasn't, back then you didn't announce so early. Like right now, craziest thing is, is there's already discussion about the 2024 presidential election. That, se- that season has already started. And there's rumblings about whether or not Donald Trump's going to run. The January 6th committee probably has more to do with labeling him as an insurrectionist because then constitutionally he would not be allowed to run. I think it has a lot more to do with that than it has to do with any potential actual criminal charges that could come up. Uh, that's happening on the Democratic side. There's a lot of rumblings and some 
some big time people, David Axelrod, some big Democrats saying Biden's too old to run. Maybe we should have a limit on how old is too old, you know, and what is that date anyway? What is too old uh, to to run? It's, it's hard to answer that question, right? What is, what's the youngest you can die from old age? How do you answer that question? I don't know. Um, well, one of the things that's going on with inflation that I think we're looking to the government to do is to find a way to bring it down. President Biden is proposing that we get rid of the federal gas tax and suspending an 18 cent gas tax. So you would save 18 cents is that per gallon is the idea. That's the federal tax uh, gas tax for 90 days. He said by suspending the 18 cent gas tax, federal gas tax for the next 90 days, we can bring down the price of gas and give families just a little bit of relief. And he says, I fully understand that the tax holiday alone is not going to fix the problem, but it will provide families with some immediate relief, just a little bit of breathing room as we continue working to bring down the uh, prices for the long haul. I worked it out. 18 cents uh, a gallon um, would save me uh, maybe 10 bucks a month, something like that. Uh, I don't think it really helps people very much. And then today, President Biden, if you play clip number five, he said this, uh, asking oil companies, gas companies to lower their prices. Play clip, clip five. Oh, am I on the wrong? Oh, clip. I'm sorry. Play clip three. Clip to number the companies three. running gas stations and setting those prices at the pump. This is a time of war, global peril, Ukraine. These are not normal times. Bring down the price you are charging at the pump to reflect the cost you are paying for the product. Do it now. Do it today. Your customers, the American people. They need relief now. So if you take the taxes out, um, it's about a buck fifty a gallon here in California or so thereabouts, give or take, if you took that out. I wonder how much profit is really there. The studies say that the oil company itself is making about a nickel a gallon on the gas. So I guess you could lower it a nickel and uh, break even if you are mobile, uh, you know, Shell, Texaco, the stations. And the gas stations, of course, are making a little bit of money on it. You ever see the places where like every gas station is the same price except there's one across the street that's 50 cents more a gallon? Um, and the only guy over there is me because I'm an idiot and I didn't look at the sign. Um, there's probably some profit there, but there's really not a lot. Uh, there's not that much. And part of what's happening is the president, for political reasons, I mean, he understands people are hurting, and I'm sure that he he recognizes that. But he's desperate because we've got an election coming up. And people vote with their wallet. Uh, that's what they always do. What I was saying about uh, President George H.W. Bush is when he was running in uh, 92, he wasn't uh, getting out there to run early. Um, and back then, people waited until you know, even the beginning of the year to announce their campaign. You know, maybe, maybe the Christmas before, the 1991. I feel like Bill Clinton announced his candidacy around December of 1991 where today he would have announced it sometime in 1987, uh, years in advance. And, uh, or 19, uh, yeah, not to 1987, what would I mean, 1989. So President Bush was at a speech, and he he said something like, now we're just waiting around to, to determine what the issue is going to be in this campaign. And somebody in the crowd shouted out, it's the economy, stupid. And that became Bill Clinton's campaign slogan, it's the economy, stupid. 
And that person was right. It was the economy. That's the reason that Bill Clinton got elected. It was the economy. And that is typically what happens. So whenever we see this going on with the politics, there's an awful lot that uh, is is built into the fact that people win elections when the economy is on their side. And when the economy is not on their side, the people in power lose elections. So if things don't change dramatically, it's going to be a bad election for the Democrats because they're in power. Now, if things change dramatically by 2024, you know, Republicans right now are saying, oh, we're definitely going to win in 2024. Not if the economy is roaring, you're not. Um, that's, that is almost certainly the predictor. Americans vote with their wallet at the end of the day. Uh, is that how you vote? Like if you're just honest with yourself, so you've got issues that you vote on and you vote maybe on uh, left and right issues, abortion or guns or taxes or other things. But when you're privately in the voting booth or you're privately now sitting at home alone with your ballot and you're going through it and you, you mark it a certain way, how much of it has to do with your wallet? Answer is, I think, an awful lot of, uh, of people that, uh, are voting that way. Now, the president is recommending that we get rid of the gas tax and that we, he's begging oil companies to lower um, their prices. Nobody agrees that this is going to work, which I find kind of sad and interesting. This is uh, CNN's uh, uh, Harwood admitting that the gas tax proposal will not solve anything. Go ahead and play that clip, play clip four. Well, Erica, President Obama called it a gimmick because, as almost any economist, Democrat and Republican can tell you, it is a gimmick. It doesn't solve the underlying problem, which is driving up. Uh, gas prices. To the extent it succeeds in lowering them a bit, it's likely to encourage people to drive more, which will create an offsetting uh, boost in demand and and push the price uh, up and and obviate that benefit. When Hillary Clinton was running for president in 2008, the gas prices were up. That was one of the issues uh, that year. And she was advocating for the same thing, get rid of the gas tax. And President Obama correctly said, that's not going to do anything. Now, look, he said, now look, suspending the gas tax is just a gimmick. Uh, it's not really going to work. It's just something that's, that's how he talked. <clears throat> and uh, that's what he said. And he was right. He was right about that. Biden's doing the same thing now. It's not going to work. But, you know, all these things that are happening, is there a reason that they are happening? I think there is. And I've said it before, a lot of what's going on are problems that are actually caused by the government. And then we are asking the government to come in and fix them. If this is something that we're doing, it's just going to be circular and it's going to keep getting worse. An article by Axios uh, News today was said this, started out by saying, Americans are deeply unhappy about the price of gasoline, which made me laugh because it's just so dramatic. Americans are deeply unhappy. Are you deeply unhappy? I'm, I'm discouraged. And you know, today I, I had a coupon had a coupon actually for 25 cents off a gallon and it was thrilling. And I paid less than a hundred bucks to fill up my car. Uh, so that felt good. Uh, got out of there for less than a hundred dollars. A few months ago, I never was in there for a hundred dollars. Now that's the case. I don't know that I'm deeply unhappy. Uh, I don't know that it's causing me, you know, such terrible, deep sadness. Anyway, people who write that stuff. Anyway, Americans are, are deeply unhappy about the price of gasoline. Every fill up offers consumers sticker shock. And uh, 
this, this article again, sticker shock. And there's that Biden sticker that people are putting on the pumps that says, I did that. I still see those everywhere. Fuel prices are driving it. You can buy those on Amazon. Like you shouldn't be doing that. It's vandalism. You can get arrested for it. The guy who's been doing that kind of everywhere got arrested for it. Be careful about that. Fuel prices are driving up overall inflation for sure. And then it says $5 per gallon gas increases. I wish it was only $5. Change the cost of everything. But what's happening is that all of these things that the administration is proposing, it's not going to do anything. It might even make it worse. We have a much bigger problem. I think we have a much bigger philosophical problem. Can I go back in time just a little bit? You can join our conversation. This is Southern California Live. You can join our conversation, 888-528-2557. Maybe you're deeply unhappy about gas prices, and I'm, you know, I know it's really hurting a lot of you. Uh, I don't mean to say that. I know that many of you are hurting, that the gas prices are the difference between actually having enough money to pay the rent for a lot of people. So maybe that's a way you would be deeply unhappy. But I think it's more than just the gas. It's the food. It's the price of milk. It's the price of bread. It's the price of every single thing is going through the roof right now. And it's not all Putin's fault. Uh, Inflation in January 2021 was 1.21%. It is now over 8%, 8.6 last month. And I think still going to go higher. Wholesale inflation is over 10%. Um, goods and services, 10%. Things are so expensive. There's a, a hamburger place that you can go to in Southern California. And whenever I wanted to take the kids out or do something, we try to go there because if you don't get the fries and you don't get the drink and you just get the hamburger, you can get out of there in a family of four for about 20 bucks. Uh, that can happen. And I won't tell you which one that is, uh, but you can get there and you just go in and out and you got your hamburger and you're ready to go. Uh, but if you order the fries and the shake and all of that, you know, you're, you're, it's 40 bucks and it's still the cheapest place there is. Um, it seems like we're pretty close. That's crazy. If you go get a burrito man, there's a burrito that I used to get the last time I remember looking at the price, it was like seven ninety five. Now that sucker is $14, just the burrito. That's it. Carne asada burrito, $14. That's affecting all of us. And I guess my question really is this. Are we looking to the government to solve all of these problems or are we a nation that can figure out how to get past some of this? Like, how do you deal with this? The reason I'm, I'm asking this is that we've been here before. Like if, if you need some hope, if all of this is bad news and you're saying, oh, where are we going? Our country's had ups and downs economically for a long time. And if you're old enough to remember President Reagan, uh, he came into office after a really bad period of inflation and high interest rates. Uh, you know, interest rates are going up. They're pushing 7% for houses and uh, they're going up. Uh, the bank rate is going up quite a bit. It's going to go up a lot, I think, here pretty soon. Uh, but it's headed back into more normal. It's actually more normal. Take away the last 15 years. The interest rates are back to where they kind of used to hang out for houses and other things. But it's going to keep going up. And I think that's a necessary. That is something the government can do. But here's the point. The government, by lowering the interest rate, by keeping putting money into the economy, That's why we're having problems. And the president doesn't want to agree with that because it would it would mean he can't pass his programs. He can't pass Build Back Better because it's more money we don't have. It's deficit spending. But a lot of economists, not all economists, but a lot of economists say flat out that the deficit, the national debt is why we get inflation, that if we keep spending more money that we don't have, inflation is going to rise. It's necessarily going to rise. There is no way around it. And we have been going crazy with debt now for decades. When President Reagan came into office, 
the national debt was becoming an issue, but it was still under $1 trillion. And it's, it's $30 trillion today, 30 So in 40 years, the national debt has increased 30 times itself. We are out of control. But he said something here powerful. I want to remind you of this. Play clip number five, play clip number five a famous Reagan quote. Clip number five, Gilbert. Do we have that? Oh, okay. We'll we'll find that. We don't have it ready. I'll have I'll find that for you later. But he famously said, famously said, um, in his inaugural address, he said, "Government is." Uh, what did he say? I got to get it right because I actually had him doing it rather than do the impersonation of him. He said, government is not the solution to our problems. Government is the problem. And I would say that that is correct. That Here it is. Go ahead and play clip five. In this present crisis, government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. From time to time, we've been tempted to believe that society has become too complex to be managed by self-rule, that government by an elite group is superior to government for, by, and of the people. Well, if no one among us is capable of governing himself, then who among us has the capacity to govern someone else? It's a powerful statement made just 42 years ago, 41 years ago, President Reagan's inaugural address. And we'll get to the fact that he wanted to end inflation. He'll talk about that in just a minute. Uh, And he didn't, uh, although he did a lot of good during that period of time. But we're a country of self-governance. And are we still a country that can come together as, as people? You know, we obviously elect people to go serve, and we have people who serve in roles of government as, as judges, as uh, police officers, as mayors, people who work in all kinds of government roles. But the people are the ones who should be in charge. And what I'm concerned about is that we have become a nation where we really want the government to do everything for us. And I would argue this is still true, that government is the problem. The reason that we have high inflation right now is because the government has been overspending for decades. And we have blown the lid off of whatever debt we used to have. We are $30 trillion of debt. If you took that amount and you spent $40 million a day every day since the birth of Jesus Christ, you still would not reach $30 trillion today. 2022 years, if you just, I know it's give or take five or six years whenever the birth of Christ was, but if you just took 2,000 years, 2,022 years, and you spent $40 million every single day, what would you buy every day for $40 million? you still don't reach the $30 trillion of national debt. And this is what is creating some problems. Play clip number six. For decades, we have piled deficit upon deficit, mortgaging our future and our children's future for the temporary convenience of the present. To continue this long trend is to guarantee tremendous social, cultural, political, and economic upheavals. You and I, as individuals, can, by borrowing, live beyond our means, but for only a limited period of time. 
Why then should we think that collectively, as a nation, we're not bound by that same limitation? I think President Reagan was absolutely right about that. Now, when he left office, the the national debt increased. You know, when you would ask him afterward, you know, what do you think you could have done better? He would have liked to decrease the debt. It went from almost a trillion dollars to almost two trillion dollars. It almost doubled. Um, it doubled again after in the next, in fact, it doubles with almost every president. Now, President Trump, until COVID, was actually set to slow it down. It wasn't going to double. But then when the COVID hit and we all got that money in the mail and the and the Paycheck Protection Plan, um, he what what has happened is the national debt has doubled during the president bush's uh president w bush's administration it doubled from 5 to 10 trillion in president obama's administration 8 years it went from 10 to 20 trillion and in one administration of of um president trump it went from 20 to almost 30 where it's doubling with each president now and we'll have to wait and see what happens with President Biden. The brakes are coming on it a little bit. But if he would have passed his Build Back Better plan, depending on whose math you want to believe, it was between 3 and $6 trillion. He would be well on his way of doubling the national debt once again if he got his way. And my friends, this is why we have inflation. This is why we can't afford things. And it hurts people. There's a lot of people listening where you can deal with it because you've got enough money to deal with it and I think for most of us, it started to affect things. We don't go out to eat. Like I said, we don't buy, uh, we don't go out to eat as much. We're not buying the fries. We're not buying the shakes. We're buying the burgers and taking them home and, and having water. All those kinds, it's affecting people. But for a lot of you, it's affecting your entire livelihood. What do we do about this? 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. This is Southern California Live. Scott Furrow, your host. I'll be back in just a moment. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody, to Southern California Live. Scott Furrow with you today, 888-528-2557. I'm with you every day, Monday through Friday, 3 to 5, right here on KKLA 99.5 in Los Angeles and surrounding areas. If you're in San Diego, we're on KPraise, 1210 AM, 106.1 FM, every day, Monday through Friday. It's good to be with you. And I'm talking about inflation. We're talking about what to do about it. And one of the things I put forward is that I think the government is creating its own problem. And it's an old way of thinking. It's a Ronald Reagan line that the solution to our problems is not the government. The government is the problem. I think that has a lot to do with it in a whole lot of our ways. You need government. You know, the government has to be here. We need government to do things. But when the government is stepping into areas where it has to spend more money than it has, it seems to cause more and more problems. Or stepping into areas where maybe we, the people, ought to be doing that work and not the government. Let the government govern. Let the government uh, protect the nation. Let the government have national policies. It's a it's an ancient debate. Okay, what the government should be involved in, what the government shouldn't. But we are in a in a crisis. We heard President Biden say, "This is a crisis. We're in a time of war. This is an unusual time." I agree with him on all of that. All of that. It is unusual. The thing is, is that. You, you can't set aside your, your bad fiscal policies that we've had for a long time with respect to debt and other things uh, just because there's a war all of a sudden, just because there's a pandemic all of a sudden. See, and those things compound. If you've ever been in personal debt, you might be managing your debt just fine, 
uh, your credit cards and whatever, and being able to make your payments and do all of that for a while. But then if you have a crisis all of a sudden, the healthcare crisis, or you need to buy a car, or you need to do something, that is when your debt, your personal debt, becomes catastrophic to you. Because now suddenly you have to pay your healthcare expenses or something else comes up that's you have to pay for, and now you can't pay for your debt, and you start to get in worse and worse debt. That's what's happening to the country. Part of my theory is that you know our Congress is reflecting who we are as a people. We're spending ourselves into personal debt and the Congress is spending the country into uh, national debt that we don't have. And why should we expect them to act differently than the rest of us act? I think a lot of our solution is that we need to act differently. 888-528-2557. Mike from Laverne, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, can you hear me? Yes. Hi, Mike. All right. So, yeah, I mean, I've been listening to you and I think you're uh, spot on as far as why, you know, inflation has, you know, the government is the only entity to blame for it. And like you said, it's only going to get worse because they, they're just going to keep printing money, sending money overseas. And I think there's got to be a different way for them to stop spending all this unnecessary money without actually doing something for America first, I think, instead of just their own personal gains and, you know, just sending money overseas like it's nothing, and then just putting it on the taxpayer's uh, tab. That's just my two cents. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Mike, for your call. I think that, uh, you know, the government is going to have to change. Here, this might be a question for you also. So if the government, and obviously I would tell you that the government needs to cut spending, but the hard question is, what do you cut? What is it? What What is it that the government is currently spending money on that we cut? And who's going to agree with that? Because any any cut uh, affects people somewhere, right? Cuts uh, to the military it doesn't just affect weaponry. It affects jobs in the military, right? Half the military budget is people who work in the military. What uh, if you cut? Are you going to cut Social Security? Um, you're going to have uh, a lot of old folks pretty ticked off at you. And, uh, you know, the AARP people who keep mailing me stuff all the time and I keep throwing it away, eventually they're going to get me because they're powerful, right? What do we do? How do we deal with this? 888-528-2557. David from Culver City, welcome to Southern California Live. How are you doing today, David? I'm doing well. You know, uh, I think your your solution of, of let the people do it and get the government out sounds great, but yeah. it's very simplistic. Right. I think a lot of the government spending is for Social Security and Medicare and military. Yeah. And in in the early 60s, the uh, economic welfare of our seniors was pathetic. They were mm-hmm. among the poorest of the poor. So that government program has helped, which is reasonable. Why should seniors at the end of their life be poor and impoverished? So it's lifted them out of poverty. Um, I think in terms of Western democracies, Americans tend to pay less taxes than anybody else, and we have less of a safety net. I'm, I'm sure government spending brought on inflation, but what was the solution during the pandemic? People weren't, well, were people going to be homeless? They weren't going to eat? Children weren't going to have food? I mean, Social safety net spending probably was inflationary. Yeah. Uh, I think also the Reagan tax cut, which benefited primarily non-working, uh, uh, which benefited the wealthy far more than anybody else, had a lot to do with the increase in debt. But it wasn't just Reagan's. It wasn't just uh, Trump's spending. It was that tax cut. 
So, you know, I think your your idea that get the Democrats out, the Republicans will cure the problem. Uh, wait, 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 wait a minute. Uh, I didn't I didn't I, say that. The Republicans are the Republicans are just the same to blame for uh, the, the spending for sure. They might say they're not, but well, they I'm are. You recognize that. Oh, yeah. I'm glad you recognize that. But, but the solution, I think, is very complicated. It's not mm. strength the government. I don't think that's the solution. That's way too simplistic. How do we uh, stop spending more than we're taking in, David? What would you say? How do we well, do that? Okay. One way is if you look at the cause of personal bankruptcy, I think over half of the time it's health care spending. So mm. you have to do something to bring health care spending under control. Uh, we don't want to do anything to cut the price of prescription drugs. You've got this drug for Alzheimer's, aducanumab, that, you know, is costing the government $3 billion a year. But Congress doesn't want to do anything to cut prescription drug spending on, on insulin, on all these biologics. Uh, so I think that's one thing that has to be done. I think, and, and only the government can do that. Secondly, so the go- I think we have to uh, cover... We have to control health care expenditures. Health care has to, I think we have to somehow cover people. Everybody has health insurance like Obamacare. I think that holds the cost of health care down when people are insured. If people going into emergency rooms got insurance that are very expensive to take care of. Well, I think that is one place. I, mean, and, uh, I don't have a solution. Yeah, I think it's a hard, I'm not thinking anybody's going to call up with a solution, but I think something has to be done. David, I appreciate your call and uh, your insight there. Looking at uh, government spending, if you kind of want to know what it is, this is from fiscal year 2021. All right. Uh, total government spending. Uh, largest thing we spend money on, what would you say it is? It's Social Security, unemployment, and labor costs, $2.81 trillion. So almost 40% of the entire federal budget is now on those areas. Now, Social Security, obviously, uh, working people are paying into that. So the the danger is that we're not paying enough, right? Some of that, there is no uh, there is no Social Security lockbox like Al Gore used to want to have, and there is no so, Social Security is just a line item in the budget. There's not a Social Security bank account that is keeping your money in it. Uh, and that they're just going to pay you back later. It doesn't really work that way. It's just part of the federal budget, just like anything else is. Um, healthcare, David was talking about that. One, the federal government, Medicare and health, $1.61 trillion, 22%. So just between those two alone, uh, 22.5%, 39 so it is uh, 62%. All right, 60, am I, yeah, 40, yeah, 62% of the government spending is on Social Security, unemployment, uh, and labor costs, and Medicare and health. You haven't even got to the military yet. 62%. Military is another uh, almost 11%, $773 billion. And uh, then you have education, $500 billion. You got interest on the debt, $300 billion. Veterans benefits, uh, food and agriculture, all and these numbers get smaller and smaller and smaller. Uh, somebody was talking about money we're given to other countries, you know, international affairs, it's uh, less than 1% of our federal government uh, spending. So it isn't that we should do that or not do that. It's just that if we just stopped all of it, uh, it's not really saving us that much money. Uh, so we got a lot of work to do. 888-528-2557 is the number, 888-528-2557. Lynn from Long Beach, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, thank you. 
Thank you. Um, I was just listening to what you said, and you said we have a lot of work to do, and you're so right. But um, with any individual who's paying off debt, there's a method, and you have to cut, whether you cut small or you cut big. Yeah. And I think it may be a little less painless to cut um, small things. Right. Like the 1% going to other countries and then continually work up the scale and go into bigger things. There's so much fraud and waste in the system that um, that should be a line item right there. <laughs> like just to go in and cut that fraud and waste. I unfortunately know people who live their lives just basically because they live off of fraud. Mm. And it's it's heartbreaking to me. It's I, I, I hate it. I hate to hear about it. And then I even reported it to a county official, and then he says, oh, well, you have to go tell somebody else. And then somebody else says, oh, well, you have to go tell somebody else. Yeah, it's uh, you. You need to be able to prove, you know, those kinds of things. Lynn, thank you for your call. Appreciate it. You know, she's right that it's that it's going to be painful, and and this is something that in the the Reagan quote I I played earlier. You know, he was talking about we're going to have to take control of it, and a lot of things happened in the Reagan administration. But the debt doubled the national debt. Now it wasn't anywhere near what it is now. It doubled from uh, one trillion to two, or close to that number. Um, and it has doubled almost every uh, eight-year administration since then. So now we're over 30, and we're pushing uh, 40 probably at the end of uh, Biden's term. Um, and it's going to get worse and worse. Healthcare is a big one. What are you willing to, uh, you know, what do we really need to do in healthcare? I need to look it up. I'm not sure that Obamacare did what it was supposed to do economically. There are certain things Obamacare did that worked, but it's healthcare is just getting more and more expensive all the time, and the government is paying more and more. And by the government, by the way, the government doesn't spend any money. It taxes you and spends that money, and then it borrows money, which you eventually pay back later, or your grandkids or other people. 888-528-2557. Where is the place where we can responsibly, as a nation, get back on track and fix our fiscal house? 888-528-2557. I'm Scott Furrow. This is Southern California Live. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody, to Southern California Live. Scott Furrow with you every day from 3 to 5. Tomorrow we will have uh, Open Line Friday. Of course, we'll have some other things to talk about. We could get the big abortion case ruling tomorrow. Supremes will be giving us uh, some more cases that they will decide early in the morning. If you really want to be a nerd about that, uh, like I am, uh, go to SCOTUS blog, S-C-O-T-U-S. It's Supreme. It's an acronym for Supreme Court of the United States, SCOTUS, SCOTUS blog. Um, and uh, you can Google that, and you'll find a, diff- a few different things. They have a live uh, feed where they, uh, they have some experts who will tell you what the cases are and how they're being decided. It's kind of interesting to watch that, and especially as they come out, and then you can – Inform yourself a little bit better about what what uh, the cases are. You can go to the Supreme Court website. What happens at uh, 7 o'clock in the morning, our time, tomorrow. Uh, they'll start releasing cases, and they do it every 10 minutes. So if you are interested in that, every 10 minutes, the way they do it is the cases that come out first are from the justices. If the justice wrote the opinion, has lesser seniority, their cases come out first. 
and then it kind of goes up the chain until you get to uh, Justice Roberts. He's not the most senior on the court, but he is the chief justice, so he is considered to be the most senior. And Alito is the justice who wrote the draft that was leaked, uh, so any of his decisions that come out could be that. Could be tomorrow. They added tomorrow. What's interesting is that they, they were not going to release anything tomorrow, but yesterday, earlier today, they announced that they were going to add some cases to be released tomorrow. Otherwise, it'll happen next week. So we'll we'll talk about uh, those things tomorrow also on our program. But if there are things that you want to talk about, Open Line Friday is a great day to do that, and we change the subject just for you. Right now, we've been talking about uh, our national debt inflation and how those things are related, and what do we do about it? The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. President Biden is in a jam politically because uh, the economy is bad, and they keep saying it's good. Presidents do that. It's not just him, all right? Presidents do that because they know there's a political ramification. And whenever the uh, election comes out, you know, the president, whenever there's a recession, any president, Republican or Democrat, they're usually the last person to admit that there's a recession. And part of it is because if the president says there's a recession, then there's a recession. Um, It makes it official. Even if there's not really a recession, if the president says there's a recession, there will be a recession. It will change the stocks, it will change all kinds of things. The president has to be careful. Any president has to be careful about the words that they use. And there's some leadership that's important in that. And there's some encouragement uh, that you want to have. And and if there's anything you can do possibly politically, even just, I think, not necessarily for purely political motives, but for motives of being a good president, right? You don't want to be remembered as a bad president. You want the economy to be better. That That's what drives uh, people um, and, uh, but it is an election year and it's not looking too good for president Biden and the Democrats because they're in charge, whether or not they have anything to do, uh, with it. Now, I think that they, they do, they're responsible, but so are the Republicans. And it's interesting to me that if it's true, if it's true, and a lot of people say that it's true, a lot of economists, not all economists, but a lot of economists say that national debt is one of the biggest reasons for inflation and the debt's been going crazy. Uh, four years, and that's why we have inflation. Basically, you keep putting all this fake money into the account economy that doesn't, that's not there. It's going to inflate things. Imagine if the federal government decided to pay everybody $100,000, and you just got $100,000 in the mail from the federal government every year, and you might say to yourself, oh, this is great. I can uh, afford a house now. I can do all of this. That's not what would happen. What would happen is your expenses would go up by $100,000 over the course of that year. That's that's inflation is that money doesn't you didn't earn it. It wasn't money that was being returned to you that you had paid in taxes. It's money that just got printed. And when the government does that, it gets into the economy, but the goods and services have to catch up to it. That's what a lot of economists will say inflation is. All right. Are you with me? So if if they just gave you a bunch of money, if the government gave everybody one hundred thousand dollars, uh, your rent and everything you buy would go up by $100,000 and you'd be in exactly the same position. You would just feel better about it because you have $100,000, but you'd be not really any better off. You know, gas might become 20 bucks a gallon at that point or something. Um, the answer to it is we have to cut spending. And maybe over time we can get away with not spending anymore and just cutting things off, but that's not really the attitude. What I was going to say is that President Biden could could say, hey, you know, we're in a lot of inflation because we had to spend a lot of money we didn't have during the pandemic. And 
because of that, we are dealing with the consequences of that. So the, you know, the $2,400 paychecks that you all got, uh, did you get those? Most people got money in the mail, a lot of money between 2020 and 2021 directly from the government. Um, you're paying that back now in, in the form of inflation. All right. So you got that money, but it's all coming. You're paying for it in gas and you're paying for it in your food and you're paying for it in your rent or your house payment or your interest rate, all of those things. See, you got all that money, but you didn't earn it. Government gave it to you. And now the government, the economy, I should say, is taking it back. That's inflation. So if we want to stop it, we have to stop the spending. You could, you could, President Biden could say, see, that's the reason. But see, if he says that, then he has a problem. He could blame Trump for it. He said, that could happen in the Trump administration. Okay. Except uh, he's got two problems. One is that the Democrats voted for that too. Uh, maybe three problems. The second problem is most people agreed we should do all of that. Uh, that's what I said earlier about debt. One of the reasons it's bad to carry debt, and many of you know this, most of you know this because you carry debt, is that you might be managing it just fine, but whenever you have a crisis, then it becomes terrible for you. I was in that boat. I was carrying, I would say, five or $6,000 of credit card debt years ago uh, that I had racked up during college. Now, that doesn't sound like a lot of money, and that in itself, it's not. Um, however, I had student loans that eventually came due, and suddenly now I am paying a lot of extra money to student loans. And then I had expenses for a car that I bought that was a lemon. I mean, it was a bad lemon. It was such a bad lemon that the lemon law was not effective because in order for the lemon law to be effective, maybe they've changed since then. But back then, the lemon law, you had to have the same thing go wrong three times. Well, this car was so bad that everything was going wrong on it and the lemon law wouldn't apply. It, this car, let me tell you how bad this car was. On hot days like today, glue would start to leak out of the back window and drip down the side of the car. I'm not kidding. I'm not making that up. Glue, it would just drip out of there. And I called the manufacturer and I told them about this. And they, this was their response to me. They said, well, we put too much glue in the back window. And whenever the right amount of glue is in there, it'll stop. And I said, how does the glue know when it needs to stop bleeding out of the side of my car? I said, is my back window going to fly out? Should I not follow other cars in the freeway? That's the same model because the window's going to fly out. I mean, everything went wrong with this car. It's just, it was, it's a long story, but it cost me a lot of money. Um, somebody crashed into it in the middle of the night and I went out in the middle of a busy highway on the yellow line, dancing and praising God because I thought my car was totaled. And it was, it was just a wonderful thing. And then they didn't total it. It was horrible. They actually went ahead and fixed it. It was a, it was a horrible moment. That, however, caused me all kinds of problems. And then the five or $6,000 of debt I had uh, became $25,000 of debt, which I could not manage. And it took years off of my life. Finally, I had to ask my parents for help. I had to ask other people. I had to do all kinds of things. And then it became very painful to pay that off. Uh, cutting everything, getting rid of, uh, you know, driving the, the cheapest car that I got for free that was just beat up. The passenger doors didn't open. There's, you know, you just have to do that. You have to drive a, a beater, they used to call it. And uh, I would just get another car every time that would break down. I'd go get another one. You just had to do different things to try to make it through. It's painful. It's worth it because now I have no debt whatsoever and it's completely worth it. This is what we have to do as a nation. And that's going to be painful because what are we going to cut? We could, we need to fix health care. But to do that, we're going to have to have tort reform. We're going to have to do a whole lot of stuff. We're going to have to deal with the uh, 
the pharmaceutical companies. Your prescriptions are, in fact, a lot more expensive here than than elsewhere, except that elsewhere you're paying for it through your taxes. So I don't sure that it's that much different, really. There's a whole lot of different things we can do. But my encouragement to you is that we can do it, that one way or the other, we're going to have a little pain. I think there's some painful times coming to our country economically. And it's our own fault. It's because we spend ourselves into oblivion with our own Visa MasterCard, and uh, we send people to Congress who are just like us who are doing the same thing with the national Visa MasterCard. It will come around to hurt us, and we will probably have some pain. But you know what? Going through that pain, it can be the best thing for you. The debt that I went through and all the pain to get that paid off, best thing for me. And you can develop better habits. And you know what happens when you're going through all of that? You start to look out for other people better because a lot of the reason for debt you know, is because we're looking out for number one and uh, we don't realize how it's impacting us and impacting everybody else. There is a time coming maybe of great pain and some of the economists are saying that. Maybe it's recession, maybe it's worse than that, but don't be afraid of that. That's a time where there can be great healing. That's a time where we can say to our representatives, Democrats or Republicans, whoever they are, stop spending. Let's go through the pain. Let's do this together. Let's help each other out. Let's be reasonable about what we expect from human behavior when it comes to homelessness or violence or other stuff. What's true? This is where the church has a role to play to speak out about moral issues. There are no moral issues that only affect yourself. Everything affects everybody else. This is a role that we can play. There's a lot more we can talk about with this, but we are out of time for today. I want to encourage you to go to our radio station website. If you're listening on KKLA, go to kkla.com, or if you're on KPRZ, kprz.com, and uh, check it out. There is a movie that you can watch a trailer for. It's called The Matter of Life, and with all of the um, things going on with abortion and the abortion ruling coming out, I think you will find it to be very, very helpful. It's on Salem now. And uh, so check it out, kkla.com. Also, you can get the podcast right there, kprz.com, if you're in San Diego. I'm Scott Furrow. We'll be back tomorrow at 3 o'clock for Southern California Live. God bless you. See you then.